Today on Authority Optional, Max and I are getting into time management, personal improvement, and prioritization. We also want to make sure that you understand these questions are actually coming from you as our, our audience. So please reach out to us at authorityoptionalpodcast at gmail.com. Nailed it. You, you can also, <laughs> thank you. You can, you can also uh, DM us at uh, authorityoptional on Instagram. And please reach out. This is this is where we have the most fun, where we're the most engaged, is where we're helping people and we're answering your questions. So looking forward to it. Cheers. Who's looking out for you? It's you, buddy. I'm going to try and not smack my lips today. Appreciate it. <laughs> I can tell you, if you if you want to know, the um, the most common trigger is after you clear your throat. Well, yeah. I, I'm just saying. <coughs> If you, you, you go, <clears throat> and then, and it, that's, I will, it's I, a trifecta. I have to more gently open my mouth. Well, if you got to pause, here's more one like of the things. a goldfish. Did you say you started, you started, um, Toastmasters? Um, I've missed it the last two weeks and then they didn't have it the week before that. So yes. And haven't attended since the first one that I went to. Well, I think that's one of the things that they will teach you is it is okay to pause. And that's a method of, as I'm trying to say things, I am. Pausing is for losers who can't think while they talk and the fact that somebody's going to jump in and take over and I'm trying to ride this train all the way to the end. So, no. Ah, we've got some demons, <laughs> I see. Uh, that, was, that was really for your benefit, but that's what it feels like sometimes like no i gotta finish this thought i gotta get this out don't stop no gaps oh i think you're very human with that i think that's how most people talk and where somebody starts to take a breath and they raise their voice because it's that i don't want you to take over from me i don't want you to take the conch i'm not ready yet i may never be anyway that's a that's we haven't talked about handing off the conch in a long time yeah, we've had, we haven't discussed that on the on the podcast before either. No, that's true. <clears throat> Any hoozle, we've got a we got another write in, and there was kind of um like a a trilogy or a group of topics, and and we think we can cover at least a few of them in one particular episode. That would be this particular episode. <laughs> <laughs> they intertwine, if you will. Certainly, there is some overlap in at least a couple of the categories. So we're, we'll, we'll start this off with time management. This is a, this is a sticky wicket for some people. <laughs> Raise your hand if you hate it. Nobody can see you. It's a podcast. Okay. <laughs> Put your hand back on the wheel if you're driving. By the way. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, not 10 and 2, by the way. I've, because I got a speeding ticket, I recently had to take driving school, and I found out that the new one that they just favored is 8 and 4. Yeah. Yep. And on the bottom. And it's one of the reasons is because if the airbag goes off, you're much less likely to break your arms or wrists or have your hands fly into your face. Like your hands are out of the way if you get smacked in the airbag. <laughs> and it's just, they call it the push pull. They don't call so it the So back A4. to time management. <laughs> <laughs> well played. <laughs> yeah. I'll say this just to start things off. It looks a little different for everybody. So if you think that there is a right way to do it, you're already on the wrong foot. There is, There are righter ways for one person and 
writer ways <laughs> for other people. <laughs> more correct. More correct. We're, we're the perfect duo for you to listen to for this topic as well, because I wouldn't say I necessarily struggle with time management. I know where my issues are, and I've I've come up with a plan and, and how I work through that. But Max and I are very, very different in our time management approaches. That is very true. Very true. Why don't you kick us off? What are, what's, what are some methods that you use as a person who maybe has felt like you've struggled with some time management in the past? Yeah, if you've ever been in an interview and they ask that question, you know, what are the things that you're currently working on or what are weaknesses, which weaknesses are, I think have come beyond that point. But uh, in, a, in a sense of time management, utilizing tools. So I have a very uh, linear thought process. I am somebody who will occasionally sometimes more than occasionally, interrupt and ask a clarifying question because Max knows this about me deeply after after working with me for so long. I will stop a conversation to ask a clarifying question because I will still be thinking about that clarifying question while you're continuing on, and I will not be listening to you while I'm trying to figure out what that exactly meant. Mm-hmm. And so this this type of flow or this type of linear thought, I've discovered that as a creative person, interrupting my own creative flow is it's a negative space it will stifle innovation it'll stifle my own creativity so it's the type of thing where i need to use things like my outlook calendar having things built in Um, i'm notorious for going over on things like one-on-ones or meeting structures and it's those reminders that i can build into my day that will halt that where i can move on to the next thing and really specializing in how do I prioritize what's really important? How do I schedule things in that are important so that I make sure that I'm actually constructing my day around my strengths and the way that that works for me as an individual. Natural time management, yeah, we go camping. Yeah, we can sit in a chair. We can talk about nothing all day. <laughs> and, uh, and on the flip side, in an office environment where you have specific things that you have to get done, it is using my schedule, using my calendar. And for me, it's a to-do list. If something comes up, for instance, in a conversation, and I'm analog too, it can be on my computer, but I might not see that. It might be a second level buried behind you know, some other screen. It, it's literally a physical to-do list so that I can make sure that by the end of the day uh, that I've gone through and gotten done the things that are the priorities. So I have something to add to this. This particular tip, utilizing tools... And the thing I'm about to add, I would say if you have the luxury. So for instance, you're describing using Outlook. If you're in a meeting and computers aren't allowed, you don't have your Outlook to utilize. So this this particular one is going to be with the caveat of if you have it available, if you have the luxury of utilizing it, then utilize it. And Because the other one that I would add to this is people. So let's use meetings as an example, or even one-on-ones. If you know that the other person or another person in the room is better at managing time or keeping their eye on the clock or whatever, sure, hand it over, tell yeah. them like, Hey, I'm going to ask you to keep me honest. Uh, we need to be done with this, you know, in a half an hour or so, you know, if I'm, and I, and I have four topics to cover. So just kind of keep an eye on things. And if I go over five minutes on a topic, like tap your watch or something, let me know what's going on. That's, yeah. I'd go a step further with that, with, with my own recognition of, I, I'm, I would say not limitations, but learning about how I operate, how my mind works and what I need to do in order to truly be successful. 
it's things like if I'm going into a large scale meeting, uh, you know, we would we would have uh, like a task force meeting where there might be 30 or 40 people and I have 10 or 15 minutes to speak. Set a timer for yourself. Mm-hmm. Set a timer on your phone. We've all got them. It's really, really simple. You don't even have to think anymore. You can just tell whatever AI you're using, set a timer for 15 minutes, please. And you do. And when it goes off, you wrap things up. This is a device, by the way, I don't mean that literally. This is a, a tool, a, a tip that is used in very professional environments such as BNI. If you're not familiar with that, that's a, it's a networking group. Your and therapist, I guarantee you, has a clock with a timer on it. And when you hit 60 minutes, they're like, our time is up. Right. right. I'm saying that you're talking about the individual timer where you set a timer and you're keeping an eye on it. You can be in, in where I'm going with this is that there are groups that use this very regularly and B and I, you have a minute to, to describe your commercial, whatever that is. Like if you're a small business owner, so you stand up and you get a minute to speak and there's somebody somewhere with a little bell and their phone out and they're going to get ready to ding you. So it's, when I do a speaking engagement, I have two things on the, on the podium with me. One is the time and the other one is my, my overview, my, my card. That's my outline. Um, you have to. You have to know if you have 20 minutes to speak, you need to know when to speed up, slow down, get it done. But you you have to wrap on time so that everybody else's time feels respected. So step one, well, and we'll, we'll do a summary afterwards. So you've already heard it. Tools and people, if you have the luxury to do it. Another thing that I would say, and I heard this recently about um, editing specifically. So if you, if you edit content, whether that's YouTube videos or making a movie or whatever, that's where I, that's the context in which I heard this, but I liked it a lot. And this is, again, this is not going to work for everybody, but it will definitely work for some of us, especially if the endeavor involves any creativity whatsoever. Do the thing that you really want to do last. And this serves two purposes. Number one, it's your dessert. And number two, if you start with the thing that you really want to do, you will lose track of time. That's how we work. So you're, cruising along doing this thing you're really excited about and before you know it you've burned five hours out of your seven hours that you have to do the entire thing and you have four more things to do i'm definitely taking a mental note on that (laughs) yeah do the thing you want to do the most do it dead last save it for the end and that and even maybe serves a third purpose which is it might help you kind of grind through the the other stuff faster not that you want to lose any quality but yeah saving saving what you want to do for last kind of makes you work towards it so like i said it's it's a little bit like dessert it's a treat uh i'm i'm thinking back to a time where we were working together and and a peer of ours and we've called her out beforehand um as a mentor of mine and it was literally in this space um and sitting down with chandra Mm -hmm. and actually you know that discussion about do the things that you don't like to do first uh, and simply you're looking at an eight hour day and you have a couple of things, you're going to put them off. Maybe they hit the end of the day and they roll over. If they rolled over more than once or twice on your to-do list, it's time to do those first and get them over with and out of the way. It doesn't matter how much struggle. And it's amazing how all of a sudden this weight is lifted and everything else happens so much rapidly, more rapidly. And the things that you love to do, the dessert, that's a great way to put it. Yep. Um, and uh, I know... One of the one of the things that she taught me was uh, particular to email. She would open up a separate screen for that email 
And that was her to-do list. Mm -hmm. And so if she had eight screens open and she hit a lull in her one-on-ones or her timeframes with her people, it was like, okay, here's my to-do list. And she'd grab that email and she'd work it. And she wasn't done with her day until those, you know, how three emails, five emails, whatever it was, that was the to-do list. She wasn't done until those, those screens were finished and closed. Yep. Absolutely. It's, it's really easy to get caught up in the stuff that makes you feel good. I mean, that's, we're drawn to that by our, by our DNA. We, we we seek dopamine hits. So in the things you might not even register it as something that you really want to do, or it gives you any joy. It just might be something that comes really easy and natural to you. So a, a really weird example for me, one of the things that I would do first and, and I, I, I can use this as both an example and a counter example. I would always start my day checking on my emails writing emails is a breeze for me. I, I am a sort of a natural written communicator and whatever natural I don't have, I've honed over the years. I, I feel very confident in my writing, especially in the effort to convey a message. So because that comes natural, because I enjoy writing, it was easy for me to turn checking my email into returning all of the correspondence. And that's what I had to wait for. So my area of discipline was the first thing I did, sat down, turn on my computer, and then start doing something that the first thing I did was I would check all my emails. The discipline came in that I was not allowing myself to respond to any of them until I had seen all of them. So much like what you're talking about, if I, if one absolutely needed my attention, then I would just double click it and make it its own screen. So now it's in the tray, basically, and as its own item. But the trick for me was to not start writing back because that is where I could lose track of time. And that's where I was going with that. Something that comes natural to you may not necessarily seem like it's fun, but because it comes natural to you, there's there's still something you're getting out of it. And it's easy to get caught up in that. And you would need to respond to those. So it sounds like you would go through, you would figure out what the priorities were and then go back and respond by priority and get, get your emails done. But that was one reason sure that you get through. The other reason was because there was a lot of duplication where yeah. we used to work. Yes, and there was. A lot of people talking, sending same sending emails about the same topic, but using different subject lines. Chicken walk, reply all. Go. Yes. So <laughs> oh. <laughs> uh, you just poking the bear with the reply all. Don't hit reply all, you jackass. <laughs> Almost ever for almost any fucking reason. <laughs> there is almost never, almost never a reason. The to rest of this all. podcast won't be the same after that comment. I'll, I'll stow it. But man, man, do I have some hatred and loathing for reply all. If there are more than five people on an email, do not reply all unless you know for a fact all five of those people need this answer. Always call the addressee list always all right i'll I'll step down off of my i think that's great uh so for for myself um you know one of the things that i i really love and pride myself on is the fact that i'm connected to the people that i work with and particularly if they're employees of mine scheduling out time whether they choose to use it or not but scheduling out times for one-on-ones scheduling our team meeting and considering that sacred time things that that I needed to do because what was happening was as leaders particularly new leaders you are so busy 
you know, we can use the, I th- what do they call it? The drinking from a, a fire hose, right? It, the, right? There's so much coming at you and you're learning so much. Prioritizing the things that are truly important, which are the people that you work with and for uh, as a, you know, a, you want a servant leadership, situational leadership. You, you can phrase it in a million different ways. People used to be shocked at the fact that I had, you know, 15 18 employees and I would meet with them for a half an hour to an hour every single week. And they're like, that's like half your schedule. The time invested in that and what it built for the relationships in that team were beyond anything else that I I could have done from an impact standpoint. And so making time so that they understood that they were important and scheduling it in my calendar, if they had no reason to talk. They didn't have any questions. They were they were good. They were in their own flow. They just wanted to keep working. So be it. Let me know. And and we can cancel. We can schedule it next week. I may still need to meet with you for 10 or 15 minutes because there might be a couple of things that I need to cover. But beyond that, they were really in control of that time frame. But if somebody else came in and said, hey, we've got a meeting on such and such and I need to schedule it at such and such time. No. I can't do that because I have one-on-ones. I have my team meeting, sacred time. If they want to cancel that meeting, great. If I'm canceling that meeting, it's because literally somebody from upper management is saying this is the only time that X and Y can meet at the same time, and I am asking them for their permission to reschedule their one-on-one. I'm, I'm respecting it as the most important thing that I do all week absolutely priceless in the relationships that I've been able to build in the last six or seven years because I'm actually making them the most important thing that I do throughout the entire week. So this is kind of a topic unto its own. We'll we'll try to condense it because I have very similar thoughts. And this was something that I fought with some of my leaders with on this topic is they would go, hey, let's meet at Tuesday, such and such, one o'clock. I'm like, no, I can't. Like, Sometimes they were shocked. What do you mean you can't? Because they're so used to the brainwashing of BDC, which is everybody pulls rank. And the only time that I ever canceled on my people was when somebody pulled rank. They're like, this is the only time I have. Make it work. Which, by the way, it's a bullshit move. If you have to do that, it can wait. There's... There are so few things that are actual, even close to emergencies. There's no reason to make somebody dance to your to your drum. Just know that if you're doing that to your people, if you're constantly rescheduling their meetings, you are making it extremely abundantly clear to them that they do not matter. Their time yeah. doesn't matter. You don't respect it. You don't think that what they do brings value because if you thought it would bring value, you would be more cautious about taking them away from whatever it is. Going back to asking permission to change that right. time frame. Um, I've been in that situation where leaders are like, hey, I have to cancel our one-on-one today. Something else came up, so um, we'll catch up next week. Mm-hmm. What if I had something that I needed to go through or that I'm struggling with or that I had questions about? Nothing feels as... Well, nothing Nothing made me feel less important than, hey, I'm just catching... I'm, I'm, something else came up, I'm canceling our one-on-one. At the very least, I have something that's come up that I can't get out of. I have to reschedule. Can we reschedule for an hour later or the next day? Make sure that they understand that they are a priority. Otherwise, 
they won't feel like they're a priority. And then they won't act like one. There's there's another method to this. It takes a little bit of advancement, a little bit, a little bit of relationship building, but you can evolve to a point where you as the leader is going to the person and asking, do you have anything for our one-on-one? Like, do you have any topics that have been burning? Do you, you know, are we just going to get together and BS or do you actually have something that you needed to run by me? That's another way to give them the option. And by the way, you give time back to whatever for both people in that case, if they say, no, actually, yeah, I didn't have anything. I just thought we were going to BS. Like, all right, can we reschedule our BSing? Cause I actually have something, you know, my boss is pulling rank and wants to schedule on this time. Are you okay if we move it or are you okay if we skip it or whatever? Either way, it comes back to what you're asking. You're asking permission. Absolutely. No matter what you're making it. This is, by the way, we've referenced this before. This is servant based leadership. It's professional respect. <laughs> it's also professional courtesy. Yes. So anyway, we can, we can kind of diverge back onto the rails, but where that started is understand the impact of whatever it is, the thing that's scheduled and prioritize that way. So we're, we're overlapping a couple of topics here, which is how do you prioritize? Yeah. That is essentially the, the core of good time management is prioritizing the things that are most important. Quick tangent. If I've, if you've ever read Tim Ferriss, he wrote a book called four hour work week. He's the guy that wrote four hour, everything <laughs> Four hour chef four hour bodybuilding, whatever. And his big thing about the four hour work week And if you take a second, if you're running in the rat race in a BDC, four hours seems ridiculous. That's a tenth of what you're supposed to be at a bare minimum to crank out in a a single week. But his whole thing is identify the things that actually move the needle and spend the majority of your effort doing those things and only those things and everything else can wait. And if it can wait, it might mean it can't be, it doesn't need to be done at all. So you can condense a 40 hour work week in a typical BDC down to four hours in a lot of cases. I'm not going to say in every case, and I'm not even going to say in most cases, I'm saying in a lot of cases, you can condense it down. If you don't have to be there for a certain level of coverage, or you have team members that can help you cover and you guys can stretch it out a little thinner and let some of you guys go home and take turns and all that, like there's, there's ways to do it. I could, I could run a course on this. It, it falls to the, the 80, 20 rule, you know, 20% of what you're doing equals 80% of your results and vice versa. So focus on the things that really become the 80% of what you do so that you can really capitalize on the things that are important and actually move the needle. And I would offer, if you've been listening thus far, you probably already know by now that Josh and I hyper prioritize talking to our people because communication is everything good communication is everything right good communication is everything in the absence of good communication even communication is better than no communication truth (laughs) so understand the impact and then prioritize accordingly based on what's actually being effective i've described my role as a manager or supervisor for a very long time now my job is to remove the obstacles out of the way of people that are working with or for me so that they can thrive so that they can become who they are supposed to become. You can't do that unless you're talking to them about what those obstacles are, what they're up against, you know, that, that type of growth doesn't happen in a vacuum. I can't create a development path with somebody if I'm never talking to them. I can't know what's going on in their world outside of work. That's maybe affecting them at work. If I don't talk to them, 
I can't help them get to their dream job and close those skills and gaps if I never ask them, what is your dream job? <laughs> what, what, do you, what do we need to do in order to get you to that? And if anybody out there is thinking, well, I shouldn't know what's going on in their life outside of work, shame on you. Yes, you should. You should absolutely know what's going on as much as they're willing to tell you anytime, all the time. That means you yeah. care. And does that mean that you have to insert yourself and help them solve their problems? No. But yeah, you can start by giving a shit. Some people don't want to share, and that's okay, too. And that is okay. Absolutely. Uh, just getting comfortable with uh, a recurring theme, which is, you know, some somebody comes up and they have this constant issue that keeps coming up over and over again, and asking them, do you want to walk through this emotional door and actually have this conversation? And sometimes they just say no, mm-hmm. and that's okay. If they're not ready, that's all right. Yeah, you're just inviting. It's yeah. not... You You're asking never be, for permission. Should never be forcing. If yeah. you have to force, you're you're a boss. You're not a leader. Yeah. Congratulations. You're probably making a little bit more than them. That's great. But you may not be suited for this role if you have to boss people to do stuff. That said, quick aside, there is such a thing as a boss card, and I used to tell my team, listen, don't don't make me. There, there are certain things that you guys can do there because you have so much freedom and latitude in how you do your job. There are definitely opportunities for you guys to ignore me or not fulfill things that I think should be done. There's plenty of opportunity for that. Shit needs to get done. <laughs> Don't make me pull the boss card because that, that, that the, the nature of the boss card removes freedom. Now I have to manage you. Now I have to come in and, and, and flex the hierarchy and I never wanted to. It doesn't mean I never did and it doesn't mean I never had to. I just never wanted to. It was one of my, um, here's the, uh, I used to use it about um, micromanagement. We, we've talked about that before. We talked about it with Mac. I used to tell people, and I don't think I said this on, this, on that podcast, so I'm gonna go ahead and tell the story again. One of my favorite movies when I was a kid was Quigley Down Under. Tom Selleck. Love that movie. Uh, Alan Rickman. Fantastic movie. Tom Selleck plays a rifle expert. He is an expert marksman from many hundreds of yards away with this specialized rifle that he's got. And he's being hired to effectively hunt things that come near the ranch. But Alan Rickman plays, plays the heavy. You come to find out that what and fairly shortly into the movie, the things that he's hoping to keep away from the ranch are aboriginals. And Tom Selleck is a good person, so he's like, you're out of your fucking mind. <laughs> There's no way. Anyway, so that's that's the plot. And then he becomes enemy number one of Alan Rickman and his gang, essentially. In the beginning, before it's revealed what, what he's actually supposed to be hired for, they have a conversation about the use of his gun and Alan Rickman asks him, because he's American, and Alan Rickman plays an Australian character, asks Tom Selleck, asks Quigley, you know, do you ever use a six-shooter? And he's like, I never had much use for one. And fast forward to the end of the movie. Spoiler alert. <laughs> spoiler alert, big time. Uh, they, they have a little forced gunslinger moment. So Alan Rickman, surrounded by his two guys, two, two of his goons that are left, because Quigley's taken out most of them, he shoves a, a six-shooter down in the front of his belt, and he says, I seem to recall you saying you can't use one of these. And so then he backs off to the appropriate number of paces, and they stand off, and quickly lays them all out. Just fairly short order, three bullets, three deaths, except that he doesn't quite kill the bad guy. He walks over to him, and he says, I said I never had much use for one. I didn't say I couldn't use it. 
And that I always told that story to my team, A, because it's cool as hell. (laughs) First class chicken walk. (laughs) Love that. Yes, first class. I love that movie. And second, to go, that is how I feel about micromanagement. Never said I couldn't. I just said I don't have much use for it. So that is, yes, that is a world-class chicken walk. But it is also understanding the impact of things. It is also prioritizing things and going, listen, I know I'm giving you a lot of latitude. Make sure stuff gets done so that we never have to go down this particular chicken walk again. That's interesting. I'm I'm remembering probably one of the only times that you ever pulled the boss card with me when I worked with you. Mm. And it was, you will allow your peers who are better than you at certain things to help you learn wow. how to be. Because I, I had that you know, I'm the new guy. I want to be independent. I want to try and do this on my own. I don't want to put anybody else to work. All these different things. Please accept the help of somebody who's smarter than you are. And, and as you do that and you become more and more a part of the team, then you understand that it's, it's not something where you're displaying a weakness. It's something where you're allowing people to grow in their own skills of teaching Mm -hmm. and growing yourself because you're becoming better at things that you're just seeing as a leader. I was also, that's also a a respect for the team that you're coming on, coming to coming on. Sorry, everybody. (laughs) That's also respect for the team that you're joining. (laughs) Um, (laughs) (laughs) This is a high performing team. They are used to kicking ass. They're used to everybody on the team kicking ass. You're new. It is expected that you will be a little bit behind. It is expected that you will have some catching up to do. I will allow that to go on for so long and I will allow you for you. I will allow for you to figure out some version of your own pace that you need to start asking for help so that you can keep up. But at some point I will reach my threshold and go, listen, I can't let you do this to everybody else because you're being stubborn and headstrong. And I get it. Your intentions are noble, but you also I'm sorry that you're not joining a shitty team. I'm I'm sorry <laughs> that you chose to join a world-class kick-ass team. And unfortunately for you, that means that some things need to be in place yeah. sooner than later. And the good news is everybody that you're surrounded by is willing and able to teach you and has a desire to. So at some point, yeah, I, I will remove the choice from somebody if they're being like, no, man, I can get this. Like, yeah, I, I get that if I gave you enough time, you probably could. I don't, ain't nobody got time for that. Like, yeah. I need you to keep up because, because we're number one and we want to keep it that way. This, this seems uh, converse, but as a litmus test for what kind of culture that you're in, if you ask for help and people burn you because of the fact that, oh, you can't get your work done and, you know, so-and-so couldn't keep up and he's asking for help. And so I'm jumping in and I'm going to help him out, but, you know, blah, blah, blah. It it really is the litmus test. Uh, we were in a, an environment where, you know, you've heard us say it before, uh, Max would try to take the responsibility for something and several of us might jump in and go, well, actually, <laughs> my team's the one that didn't hit the rank on that and so that's my responsibility and I mm-hmm. probably could have asked for a little more help and I didn't. It's a badge of honor to be a part of a team, to be in a gang, as opposed to you thinking that you're the be-all, end-all. I can't think of any scenarios now as a professional where if I'm even trying to do something creative and it's my baby... 
it's always going to be better if I bring in other diverse opinions and actually get other people's input so that I'm making something that is as great as it could possibly be by leveraging every resource I have, as opposed to trying to make myself look good and being the prick in the corner who does everything by himself and can't be bothered to be a part of the team or the gang. Some of the most (laughs) world-class people in their field admit, freely admit they're not a self-made person. There's no such thing like Arnold Schwarzenegger, uh, who is a champion at a lot of things is, is the first to tell you that he had a lot of help along the way. And that's, that's the interesting. Power of a team. I listened to a podcast with, with Arnold on it very recently. And he was talking about being governor mm-hmm. and the fact that you have all these experts at your disposal, but you're still the decision maker mm-hmm. and the meetings and listening and taking in the scientific data and the research and the background and sometimes the emotion and the anecdote and making a wise decision And the fact that he didn't know anything about certain subjects when he began and he had to learn to really trust people and and open up. Well, that's a great example. And it's funny because, uh, you know, if you've never actually listened to Arnold Schwarzenegger in that capacity, he's very thoughtful. Mm -hmm. Absolutely, he is. I have two more things on time management. One of them is this especially applies if you are a business owner. If you don't answer to anybody, and it, it could be that you're a small business owner and you're listening to our podcast because you're curious and you don't actually have a, a team to lead, or you're a small business owner with a team that you're building, or maybe you're a corporation owner, who knows. But if you don't have anybody that you report to, treat yourself like an employee. That's my tip. It is really difficult when you don't have to answer anybody to make yourself do stuff sometimes like you know what needs to get done but if it's not going to stop the show it's easy to i'll get to it later i'll get to it later i'll get to it later because one of the joys of being in charge is you get to manage your own time you get to be in command of your own nobody's telling you what you need to do so if you find that that is uh just as much of a detriment as it is a benefit (laughs) treat yourself like an employee And my last tip is something that uh, Josh will have heard this many times because it was something that this was my core philosophy about something that we called deliverables. If you don't have deliverables, deliverables in your business, you can think of them. The easiest definition is a task with a time limit, task with a deadline. That's a deliverable. And I had a very short, succinct philosophy on deliverables. Just do it now. Whatever it is. When you get the email, if you're not doing anything otherwise, if you're not currently talking to another human being, just do it now. Procrastinators unite. Just do it now. <laughs> yes. That's, that was my answer to everything. We, we were given many, many deadlines across many stretches of time for all the tasks. All the tasks had a deadline. And sometimes they were seven weeks and sometimes they were seven days and sometimes it was tomorrow and whatever. And I would tell my team... I don't care what the deadline is. Your philosophy could and maybe should be just do it now because I know you don't want to do it. I don't even want to sign it to you. I get it. I don't want to do it either. So just do it now and spend so much less time burning any calories over why you don't want to do the thing. It has to be done. We worked for a bank. We were federally regulated. There was so many things that we didn't have a choice. So we can sit here and bitch about how crappy this task is, 
or you can go back to your desk and just knock it out and we'll be done in 10 minutes. This is a, that's a nice circle back to the very beginning of this, this idea of prioritization and doing the things that maybe aren't your favorites and doing them first. Yep. Because then you can move into these other things that you've scheduled out that fit your strengths, that actually empower you and make you feel like you're getting things done that you enjoy doing. Because if you're not having any fun, you're doing it wrong. All right, recap. Quick summary on time management tips and tricks from uh, Authority Optional. Number one, utilize tools and people as much as you have the luxury to do so. If you can use Outlook to schedule things, if you can use utilize a person who is better at keeping track of time, maybe set a timer for yourself. If you have the ability to leverage technology or another human, do so as much as you possibly can. Uh, number two, save the best for last. Treat it as dessert. Treat it as the thing you're looking forward to. Get all the other stuff done, grind it out, and then save. In fact, you'll be extra motivated to get it done as fast as possible so that you can spend the majority of the time you have left on the thing that you really want to do. Number three, understand the impact of all of the different things that you have to do. Leverage the 80-20 rule, which is to identify the things that make the most impact. Make sure you are prioritizing those things above all else. Make sure those things get done and then spend whatever time you have left on the stuff that doesn't matter as much. Number four, especially applicable if you are at the top, whether you're a small business owner or a corporation owner, treat yourself like an employee. Don't let yourself get away with things you would not let your team get away with. And then the last thing, this was my personal philosophy on deliverables, which recap on deliverables, it's any task that has a deadline, just do it now. As soon as it comes across your desk, do it as close to immediately as possible. Reach out to us at authorityoptionalpodcast.com. Uh, nope. Try it again. <laughs> reach out to us at authorityoptional at gmail.com. Authorityoptionalpodcast at gmail.com. You want to start over? <laughs> <laughs> Damn it. This is seriously like 10 times I'll do this when I'm doing videos. Making sure that we're prioritizing so that we're making sure. Wow. Making sure. Making sure. Making sure. <laughs> you see, this is hard. This is hard for me. Well, I usually do the intro. So maybe you're just, yeah, I don't have to have the practice yet. Nope. <laughs> it's all can you leave can you leave the room now <laughs> <laughs> nope <clears throat> grind through it <laughs> <sighs> just get a, get a drink of water take a little sip start over <laughs> <laughs>